Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Bada Binga, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011. And you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. The world is listening. Welcome to the open book. Your one-stop shop for the latest news in pro wrestling, video gaming, and entertainment. With your host, the sensational sequel, Sean. What? And yes, that's his name, Ashley. Three, two, one, go. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off! What is up, boys, girls, children of all ages? It is a sensational sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you once again for the final, pretty much the final podcast of the open book. I mean, next week we go live. So, I mean, what else can be said about that? So... Basically, what's going to happen tonight is, of course, we'll be doing a lot of the same things we usually do, uh, but we're going to have a pretty cool new tactic in the first segment. We're going to do our fantasy fed, the open book fantasy fed, and we each have our own drafts, our own shows, so we're going to talk about them a little bit and see how the others is, see how they compare. So, let me go ahead and bring on my co-host. Of course, you all know him as Ashley. What's up, man? Not a lot. It's interesting stuff because this is the first time I've really gone into proper EFED territory and it's been interesting. Well, see, it's funny. I've gone through a few EFEDs. I mean, I've just, I can't call this the first EFED of the SNS network because it's not. Uh, we've, had, we've had multiple. One from uh, the video games, uh, then to, uh, well, we've had a couple with 
written versions of it, and myself involved in about three different three different oh three different cut. Okay, try that again. Three, two. I've been involved in about three different versions of them, so I mean, it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun, so I mean, we'll definitely be covering that here in a few minutes. Um, there is uh, one thing I wanted to bring up. I, if you know me, you know that I'm a CZW fan. I love CZW. I'm sure that other people on the network do. I think Randy is somewhat a fan, too, also, isn't he? Ashley? If it's to do with indie stuff, it normally is Randy's territory, yeah. <laughs> uh, so... We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, we're not going to talk a lot about it. We're going to talk very briefly about uh, their latest event that they had, which was called the Tournament of Death. Now, CCW is no, is trying to get out of the gar- what's called the garbage wrestling. And they've done pretty well. DJ High, since taking over the business from Zandig, has done an extremely well, good job at getting rid of the garbage type stuff. Uh, but Terminal of Death, Cage of Death, uh, those are some of the some of the events that they keep because it's a staple of CZW, and they always have uh, Terminal of Death in Delaware. Well, big thing for this year's was due to new regulations by the Delaware State Athletic Commissions, CZW had to spend several thousand dollars, several thousands of dollars, for its talent to get the necessary precautions for the show to be allowed to run which was pretty major because they had to go through and get uh, tested for all diseases, everything pretty much out there they had to get tested for to make sure they weren't carrying something because tournament of death, you're going to bleed no matter what. Um, they had about 600 people show up to the show, and even they, had, they even had an iPay-per-view on hybrid, hybridint.tv. And it was like 15 bucks for that, which is pretty awesome. I know that um, Ring of Honor does the same thing. So let's jump into this right quick and talk a little bit about it because uh, I want to go pretty fast with this. In the first match, which was the Tournament of Death first round, they had a drunken scaffold match. Yes, drunken scaffold match. Uh, basically what this was was the wrestlers must take a shot every time they go up on the scaffold. And the referee, who was some, who was the special referee, had to take a shot every time there was a near fall. Uh, Danny Havoc actually went on in this match after he hit a Death Valley driver off the scaffold through a barbed wire board in the middle of the ring. Uh, pretty crazy match. It was pretty hilarious. Um, actually, do you want? I should have asked. Do you want to talk about any of this? I know that you and Randy were probably going to talk a little bit about it uh, in your your show. Uh, do you want to leave your thoughts for that show, or would you like to talk about it now also? Um, I think I'll leave. I haven't personally seen it myself, but I know that Randy has, so it will be certainly his territory with that. I mean, I've just caught back on the Ring of Honor stuff, so yeah, I need I need to get into indie stuff a lot more, considering I'm hosting an indie Bay show. Okay, so you'll, I'll let you leave your thoughts for that. I'll, I'll run down this right quick then, and we'll definitely talk about this. Uh, you'll talk about it later, excuse me. Um, second match was a Tournament of Death first round, which was an ultra-violent ladders match. It was dedicated to the memory of J.C. Bailey and Chris Cash, uh, both former CCW stars who passed away, uh, definitely in the prime of their careers. 
definitely will be missed. Uh, it was CZW Junior Champion Drake Younger who faced off against Rory Mondo. Uh, this wasn't a real ladder match because you can't really have a real ladder match on outside. So Drake Younger defeated Rory Mondo by pinfall after a Drake's landing through a ladder. Uh, third match was a first round for the Tourney of Death. That was a Panes of Glass match. Uh, it was Masada, Masada, excuse me, facing off against Scott Summers, and of course Masada won after hitting a Death Valley driver onto a pair of cinder blocks. Yes, Masada hit a Death Valley driver on Scott Summers onto a pair of cinder blocks. I hope he's okay. The fourth match was a ultraviolet bats match, and it was the first round for the Tournament of Death. Now, this is the match that I was very interested in because it involved one of my favorite big Japan stars, Abdullah Kobayashi, excuse me. And he faced off against a friend of mine, the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. Now, the big, big thing behind this was if Tremont won the tournament, if he won Tournament of Death, he would get a one-on-one match with DJ Hyde. Unfortunately, that didn't come to light because Abdullah Kabashi defeated the bulldozer by pinfall after a top rope elbow drop with a light tube thanks to some interference by DJ Hyde. Yeah, it happened. Uh, the fifth match, which was, which was a non-tournament match, was a fans bring the weapons match. It was Joe Gacy facing off against Ryan Slater. And from what I've heard, there were some pretty crazy weapons in this. I haven't had a chance to see this match myself. But Joe Gacy defeated Ryan Slater by pinfall. Sixth match was back into the Tournament of Death. Uh, the semifinals, it was a Caribbean spiderweb death match. It was Drake Younger facing off against Danny Havoc. And Drake Younger hit, got pinfall by hitting a Drake's landing through two chairs that had light tubes bridged across them and were also set on fire. I can only think of Randy's comments on that one. The seventh match was a Tournament of Death semifinals. It was called a Big Japan Death Match. I'm not entirely sure what that really is, but I'm kind of wondering if it had to do with the fact that Big Japan likes boards and nails and stuff like that. So Masada faced off against Abdullah Kobayashi, who is from Big Japan. And unfortunately, Masato defeated Kobayashi by a pinfall after he hit a moonsault onto a board of nails that was placed on top of Kobayashi. Wow. I guess I'll have to uh, definitely hit up Kobayashi and see exactly what happened with that match, but that's pretty crazy. Um, the finals, this is the finals, was a no-rope barbed wire match with two sides of the ring having barbed wire nets placed between the apron and the barricade. This was CZW's world champion Masada facing off against CZW junior champion Drake Younger. Now, Masada defeated Drake Younger by submission via a chair-assisted STF. That's a very interesting maneuver. I think I've seen John Cena use that once or twice. So might hear WWE come up and say, hey, we've got a problem here. But if they do, oh well. I'm sure DJ Howe will just hit, him across the face, hit Vince across the face with a light tube, and he's done. Um, a couple of things happened after after Masada was given the trophy. I mean, DJ Howe came out to give Masada the trophy, 
but Matt Tremont comes out and nails Hyde with a light tube contraption. Hyde recovers from it and then gives Masada the trophy, but then he lays him out with a lariat. Uh, the other wrestlers in the tournament come out and proceed to, one after the other, nail DJ Hyde with a light tube, with one of them actually cutting DJ Hyde pretty bad underneath his arm. Hyde was actually rushed out of the ring and to a nearby am- ambulance that was on hand for all CZW tournament deaths. According to the official CZW Twitter page, Hyde got stitches was a, but was able to avoid being taken to the hospital due to the ambulance being on hand and in close proximity. Uh, this brings back thoughts of uh, Nick Gage, who actually sliced his arm open uh, on barbed wire a couple years ago and actually had to be airlifted from his backyard where this where the event was actually taking place. Had to be airlifted from the event to the local hospital, and they continued on with the event. And actually, it was um, uh, Thumbtack Jack, I believe, was the winner. Uh, I could be wrong on that. But I believe he was the winner of that tournament, and he was actually the proposed winner either way. They had a uh, a battle royale after the Nick Gage event because Thumbtack Jack was supposed to be actually facing him. They ended up having what was called Tournament of Death 8.5 after Nick Gage was better, and Thumbtack Jack, I believe, ended up winning that match either way. So it was a pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy event Tournament of Death is, but it all comes to a head at their biggest event, Cage of Death, which I absolutely love every year because it involves this weird, huge contraption that is the Cage of Death. So we'll have to see what I actually come up with. But Ashley, you still with me? Yes. Okay, because what's going to happen now is we are going to go ahead and cover our EFED. And we each come up with names. Uh, so Ashley, I'm going to let you start off by covering your EFED show, starting with what the name of the show is. Well, the name of the show, because I'm going a bit old school, is called World of Sport. Which over here, this was the TV show where British wrestling was on pretty much from the mid-60s to the mid-80s. But it was where some pretty classic matches. Looking on Wikipedia, apparently one of the big wrestlers there was re- influ- well, was an influence on King Kong Bundy. In that style. So that's why, well, in case you're wondering, World of Sport, it's a rubbish name. It's got some historical things for me, so I'm sticking with it. The show... Well, we've got a little intro intro promo with me being the GM kind of character saying that tournaments have been set up with eight men in each of the two brackets for the world title and the European title, as well as four teams in the tag title run running and all six women available to to be up for the women's title. Matches will happen over the next four weeks until champions will be crowned at the Night of Champions pay-per-view. So we start off by introducing the first two participants in the world title match, which is CM Punk versus Rey Mysterio. It's a good little match. Finishes Rey Mysterio attempting... Hitting his 619, but then attempting the West Coast pop only for Punk to catch him and hitting him with a go to sleep to get the win and go on to the semis in a week or so. 
we then have the one of the intercon the, the European title matches, sorry, with Brian Pillman taking on Dolph Ziggler. Nice little match here as well, but Ziggler comes out on top with the zigzag. Next, we see a little backstage promo as Samoa Joe's backstage. Kurt Angle comes up and says, I guess I got drawn against you. I hope we have a good match next week. And by the way, you know the history between us. Samoa Joe just looks on, kind of pissed, but also thinking that he'll get he'll get the victory next week. We shall see. Next, we have the other match in the European title tournament with Seth Rollins taking on Michael Elgin, which Michael Elgin wins over, I think, via disqualification with uh, Taz starting to get involved with Seth Rollins. Not sure why. Taz, I guess, will reveal his reasons at a future date. We then have the tag match semi-final with the New Age Outlaws taking on Booker T and Goldust, which New Age Outlaws win with uh, the Fame Asser, I believe, while Goldust is being hold, held, distracted or held off from interrupting the count by Road Dog. Then in the women's match, it's a free, it's a, it's a triple threat match between Karma, Sarah Del Rey, and Michelle McCall. This match is pretty much Karma's match until Beth Phoenix appears on the stage, just looks on. Karma just gives her a stare of death kind of thing, only for Sarah Del Rey to get the label lock on. Michelle McCall and get the victory. Karma destroys her and then leaves and by this time Beth has already left the stage. Then the main event Eddie Guerrero versus Christopher Daniels of which Daniels goes through thanks to interference from both El Generico and Ultimo Dragon. I clearly there is some kind of jealousy over the fact that they weren't included in the world tournament instead. And I think yeah, Daniels goes over with the uh BME, the best moonsault ever. And that is my show. Hmm. Interesting light, show. I'm sorry. Yeah, pretty pretty light on some stuff, but some things that I want to work in will come in better next week. There's a few things that I'm lining up because I wanted to go by the draw, which I actually did. Not as in mock draw EFED. I actually did a draw to pair these people up. And the, the angle, as soon as the angle Joe one came up, I thought that's interesting. So it's going to be interesting next week to give you a rundown of some of the matches that will be happening next week. You can have. Angle versus Joe. Mickey James versus Lundra Blaze versus Beth Phoenix. And Jericho versus Daniel Bryan.
that was actually a pretty cool show, actually. I'll definitely give that up. I definitely can see what your thinking is a little bit, but I'm kind of curious. I mean, I know how I would write it. I'm kind of curious to see how you would write it. Now, let's get on mine. My show is actually called Wrestling Championship Association, WCA. And basically, of course, it starts out with me coming out, basically giving the intro promo, saying, hey, guys, what's up? Uh, tonight, we got a, we got some big matches set up. We actually have a battle royale for the Intercontinental Championship. We have a fatal four-way for the Women's Championship. We have a tournament set up to crown the first-ever World Heavyweight Champion. But we got some other matches, basically. We got a tag team elimination, triple threat elimination match to set up for next week. We also have a big tag team match between two of the biggest tag teams out there today to set up for a face-off against the winner of the triple threat tag team elimination match next week. We also have a match between two big hardcore, hardcore titans. We'll have to definitely see what comes of that match, but let's kick it off. We're going to start it off with a triple triple threat tag team elimination match. And here they come right now. First match, Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys versus the Dudleys. I mean, come on. You can't have those three on the, the roster and not have them face off in some fashion, some close by. Um, the match ended up with Edge and Christian pretty much fighting a little bit, then jumping out of the ring, letting the Hardys and Dudleys basically beat the crap out of each other. Uh, the Hardys eliminated the Dudleys by uh, by a swanton onto Bubba, and Devon was basically held back by Edge and Christian. Dudleys were eliminated. Edge and Christian came in, and it was basically all-out warfare between Edge and Christian until the Dudleys came back down, put the Hardys through two tables, rolled them in the ring, and Edge and Christian got the pinfall and went on to next week. Now, the Hardy Boys basically got up and started attacking Dudley's. Tables were brought out, but before they were able to be used, the fight was broken up. So, the general manager, myself, Cessational Sean, came out and said, you know what, next week, if you two want to fight so much, next week y'all have a tables match. Now get out, of, get out of the way because it's time for the Battle Royale. Next up was the Battle Royale for the Intercontinental Championship. This was a pretty big match. We had 12 stars in this one match. It was Bam Bam Bigelow, Vader, Christian, Jerry Lynn, AJ Styles, Owen Hart, William Regal, Batista, Big Show, Kane, Hayabusa, and Randy Orton. All vying for that one title. I mean, that's that's pretty big, pretty big match. The match basically started out with everyone basically going against Big Show, but Kane kind of helping out blocking Big Show from getting eliminated. But Vader comes over and, and pretty much eliminates both of them with the help of Bam Bam Bigelow. The match pretty go pretty much goes downhill for Bam Bam Bigelow and Vader. They get they get eliminated by Batista. Randy Orton comes over and actually eliminates Batista by a little bit of uh, some sneakery. Owen Hart comes over and eliminates Randy Orton right behind Batista. The match comes down to Christian, Jerry Lynn, AJ Styles, Owen Hart, Hayabusa, and William Regal standing there all looking at each other. Now, Christian had been in the match earlier, so he's kind of chilling in the corner, basically just trying to stay out of the way. But Jerry Lynn catches him, hits him with a pile, package pile driver, and throws him out pretty fast. 
Owen Hart comes up, eliminates Jerry Lynn from the from behind, basically just trying to get him out of there. William Regal eliminates Owen Hart, and they kind of look at each other for a second before Hayabusa tries to go for a uh, top rope hurricanrana off of, onto William Regal, but is thrown out by AJ Styles. The, mat, the match comes down to AJ Styles and William Regal standing across the ring from each other, looking at each other. And then something kind of interesting happened. The lights went out in the entire in the entire arena, and William Regal is outside the ring. So the refs are like, what's going on here? And the refs go ahead and give the match to AJ Styles, who's basically trying to say, I don't want the title. I don't want the title. I don't know why that happened. I don't want the title. But they give him the title. And AJ Styles is your first ever Intercontinental Champion. The third match is is basically the tag match where the winner of this match faces Edge and Christian next week to determine the tag team champions. It was the Legion of Doom facing off against the APA. This was a hard-hitting, very, very stiff match between both men. I mean, you've got Hawk and Animal facing off against Farouk and Bradshaw. I mean, two, four big men in the ring. The match ends with the Doomsday device hit on Bradshaw to get the win for the Legion of Doom. So they're going on next week to face off against Edge and Christian for the tag titles. The next match is a fatal four-way for the Women's Championship. One pinfall is all that counts. And basically, this match consisted of Trish Stratus facing off against Lita, facing off against Natalia, facing off against AJ. Now, this was a pretty interesting match because the ending... The ending was pretty interesting because Natalia put Lita in a sharpshooter. But as Lita was about to tap out, Trish Stratus stopped her and said, that's not how this is going to go down. So she picks up Lita, hits the Stratus faction on her, and pins Lita while Natalia looks on. They shake hands after Trish Stratus is handed the title, and they even hug and stand in the middle of the ring. Could this be the sign of a, uh, of a cohesion between those two? Possibly a tag team erupting? We'll have to see. The next match was Mick Foley facing off against Abyss. This match ended in no... In a no... In a no what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word, Ashley? Decision? No decision. There we go. Due to the fact that they both were outside the ring and weapons were used no matter what. The match pretty much didn't even start. Uh, there were tables. There was barbed wire everywhere. I think there might have been a landmine. I'm not even sure. But pretty much they were just going at it left and right. Uh, security and even some of the wrestlers had to come down to separate them. GM came out and looked at them and said, you, you guys got to stop this. You can't be doing this. Uh, save it for the pay-per-view. For the pay-per-view, if you guys continue, if you guys really want to go at this, we'll, we'll talk about a match. So they both look at the GM, say okay, and they both head to the back. Took a little bit of cleaning up because the next one was a tournament. It was a round robin style tournament that included Bret Hart, Triple H, Rock, Ric Flair, The Rock, Ric Flair, HBK, Undertaker, Austin, and Chris Benoit. The first set of matches was Bret Hart and Triple H. Tri Triple H won this match by a pedigree on Bret Hart and basically just dominated that entire match. Bret Hart got a few hits in, but didn't really help him out too much. 
The Rock versus Ric Flair was next. And The Rock won this by a people's elbow after Ric Flair was busted open pretty bad due to a uh, due to a punch that The Rock threw. But Ric Flair always bleeds, so why not? The match, match got kind of weird when Randy Orton and Batista walked out on stage and looked at and while was watching the match the entire time. Don't know what was going on there. Could we have a possible evolution tie-up again? We'll have to see. HBK versus The Undertaker was next to basically symbolize one of the best feuds they had in the WWE years ago. Undertaker won this match by hitting the Tombstone. It was a very solid match. Came back and forth. Definitely have to see what's going on. The last match of the night, the main event was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Chris Benoit. Austin won this with the Stone Cold Stunner to, to basically signify the end of the match. As soon as the match was over, he was drinking the Steve Weisers, grabbed the mic, and said at the end of this tournament, he will be holding that title no matter what. The Undertaker's music hits, out he comes and says next week it'll be, the, it'll be Austin versus Taker, and they'll see who will be walking out with the title. The, the GM comes out and says, this is all good and well. But we have a champion to crown next week. We have the tag team championships to determine. We also need to figure out what's going to happen with this tournament. So next week, we'll definitely see what's going to happen. But next week, we also have some matches that definitely will be kind of interesting to see. We have a tables match set up between the Deadlies and the Hardys. Edge and Christian will face off against Legion of Doom for the tag titles. We got to continue this tournament. So I mean, that was that was the match for uh, Wrestling Championship Association. Uh, I've got a lot of notes here written on this page, so I'm kind of wondering what you think, Ashley. Very interesting card. I, you know, the the way I approached it is just to have the matches that I felt comfortable with, but obviously, you use pretty much. Everybody on the roster. There was a few people I kept out. Uh, I had yeah. two female. I had two more women's wrestlers that I kept out. I was trying to figure out how I was actually going to use them. Uh, Mickey Knuckles and Roxy. Um, if you did listen to the draft, we chose two completely different people there. Um, I did choose Mischief, and I believe you chose Nick Bockwinkle. Uh, we both traded them out for. I think you chose Christopher Daniels, and yeah. I chose Roxy. So we gave, I gave, I needed to change a female, and he wanted to change one of his males. So we allowed the trade, or the change, excuse me. So I've got, I've got a few people that I'm looking at. I've got some stables that I've got. I'm definitely setting up. Uh, the stables are going to be very interesting. I think, uh, I think I'm going to enjoy these stables. I've also got some feuds that I'm definitely setting up. I mean, I've got, in all honesty, I'll definitely say this, I have up to the pay-per-view written. Um, I've been working on this pretty hardcore. Like I said, I've been involved in three other uh, wrestling fantasy EFAs that are written, and I've been working on these pretty pretty much when I have free time. Mm. So, I mean, I'll, uh, I'm definitely very, I'm going to change up some matches for next week's show. I've got the main matches set, but I've got some, I want to add some more matches. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to what, uh, what we're going to do with this. I'm looking very forward to it. Next week, I mean, we'll have a live show. So, we'll actually be able to have people call in and let us know what they think of our shows live on the air. 
So that's kind of uh, a little scary, but we'll have to see what actually uh, what happens. So anything you want to talk about before we jump out of segment one here? Not really, I think. EFED's done. Let's move on to uh, the next segment. Let's do some games. Okay, so take a listen to the, the song here that we chose to leave out, and we'll catch you guys here in a few minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to show you how being a Wrestling News Live family member and diehard listener can change your everyday look on life. Example, here's the brand new commercial from Subway. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me your melt. My melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Uh, uh, I don't think this is working out. Now let's replay that commercial and show you what Todd would have said to her had he been a member of the Wrestling News Live family. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me your melt. M- my melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Shit, bitch. Who the hell you think you are? Give me my sandwich back. Bitch, please. Better be willing to give me some of that pussy before you get some of my sandwich. Shit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just another example of how becoming a member of the Wrestling News Live family helps you live a better life. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's go time. I am the big voice on pro wrestling's right. I am the truth. I am the power. And the truth shall set you free. We take on the topics that nobody else dares to take on in the world of professional wrestling, hitting them head on, full force, and not pulling any punches. So make sure you tune in every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain for the Pro Wrestling Rewind right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling, and of course some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, 
visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. Listen to all the shows of the SNS Radio Network live on your iPhone, BlackBerry, and Android. Visit www.mobileradio.info and check us out on the TuneIn Radio app. guys welcome back we're pretty much back from that break i hope you guys enjoyed what the songs you got to listen to so uh now it's time for a little bit of gaming so i mean we'll have to check out what the stories got we got a lot of stories for y'all today it's gonna be a lot of fun so uh actually i'm gonna let you kick it off like usual so what's up okay we've got a nice story actually criterion who did the burnout games and they're actually pretty good Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, are now being left in sole charge of the franchise. Basically, because they did an absolute crap with Need for Speed The Run. I mean, quick time events in a racing game? That works. Not. Also, another bit of pleasing news. Thanks to the European Ratings Agency, we've had a re-rating for both GTA 3 and Vice City. So by the looks of it, they might be coming as PS2 classics to the PlayStation Store. Which you got a mark out to, because both of those were two brilliant games, Vice City in particular, certainly. Thanks to a million sales of the current game that's just come out, Dragon's Dogma will be getting a sequel. It's been getting quite a bit of acclaim on the on the internet, certainly, from various people sean have you managed to grab a play of it or not no i'm not not a particular fan of that style of gameplay i mean uh, a lot of people have said it's a good game i'm not that big of an rpg fan myself i mean it just depends on uh what universe and all of that so i mean i'll probably try it out but it's going to be in the bargain bin probably yeah now this is one that i think in our pre-show talk was very interesting. Reggie fils of Nintendo has made some interesting comments in an interview with Kotaku this week saying that gamers are, quote, unable to differentiate between a phenomenon and something that's ho-hum and that they have, quote, insatiable wants. My only problem with this is 
the problem is, yes, people have a right to say everything that they want. But the only issue is when you give people stuff like Nintendo Land, which is rather underwhelming. Because I'm one of the people that actually saw future in Wii Fit because he referenced in the article everybody went, oh, Wii Fit is going to be rubbish, yet it was absolutely brilliant. I could see the purpose of Wii Fit and it was actually could work into something that was pretty good. The purpose of Nintendo Land is just a stupid version of Mario Party and Super Smash Brothers, to be quite honest. Sean, your take? I don't even want to mention <laughs> I don't even want to talk about this. I mean, this is this is basically Reggie pretty much just digging his own grave. I don't really care. And the other point as well, if gamers are unable to differentiate between them, then clearly the shareholders are as well, because your shares went down after E3, because everybody thought, what the hell did they just do? Yeah. So I don't think it's just the gamers that are being a bit disenchanted with what's going on. One that I didn't mention in the thing, but I think it's worth mentioning, is there might, apparently is going to be a new IP from Crystal Dynamics, which is the same guys that are doing the current reboot of the Tomb Raider game. So it'll be interesting to see what that is and when it gets revealed. But in related to that, Camilla Luddington, who you may have seen from True Blood, and she was topless and naked in Californication. She is apparently the model for the Lara Croft based on. If so, hey, I've seen her boobs already. That's awesome. You never get to saw that with all the other previous Lara Crofts when they turned up in promotional stuff. So, thumbs up from me. Something that will certainly be a thumbs up from Sean... It's been teased this week that Rome 2 Total War will be coming out. An official announcement will be made next month. Or, I'm definitely... Sorry, I didn't mean to go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Well, depending when you're listening to this, July, so it could be this month. So I'm definitely looking uh, forward to Rome because Rome ended up being one... Of, Total War Rome ended up being an amazing game when I first came out. It actually got me into the Total War... Uh, series, which was ended up being a very interesting series. Napoleon, you had Napoleon Total War, you had the uh, Independence type of Total War. I mean, it was a in- very interesting and good series. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to Rome 2, definitely to see what comes of it. Yeah. Uh, also, another couple of bits of news about games that have just been announced. Officially now, The Expendables 2 is coming on its way from Ubisoft as a downloadable game for PS3 and 360. But also Wreck-It Ralph, the game based on the movie, which, having seen the trailer of for the first time, actually kind of looks intriguing about the fact that Pac-Man's ghost appears in it, as well as Bowser. The fact is, these games are going to be Nintendo exclusive, so they're only going to be on the Wii, the 3DS and the DS. And if it's out by then, the Wii U. Which I'm not sure. I can understand some of the move, but I'd have thought more people, depending what what genre of game it is, would have preferred to have played it on a 360 or a PS3. It depends what kind of game it is, because not very much has been revealed of it, certainly. 
Nice bit of news, although not for European people, is the special edition of Journey. Huge details got revealed out of that this week. You're going to get basically Journey, Flow and Flower all on one disc as a retail thing rather than a downloadable thing, which includes developers' commentary on the games, the mini-games that created during a special 24-hour charity event, official soundtracks to all three games, artwork, special themes and avatars for your PS3 as well. But the reason why you'd say that Europe isn't going to be happy, Europe isn't going to be getting this release. It's going to be a North American exclusive by the looks of it. So Sean goes and says one up for America or something. Pretty much. And the Assassin's Creed free war continues. <laughs> That's right. Except you just die constantly. Yeah. <clears throat> now, this is certainly one that Sean was interested in as well. The chief producer at Tekken has basically said to the fans, stop whinging. That is stop a quote whinging. from his Twitter. Yeah, that is his quote from Twitter as well. Stop whinging. Basically, apparently, people have been desperate to have the original audio of characters from the very first Tekken in 94 ported into like I think it must be Tekken Hybrid because Tekken Hybrid is supposed to encompass all the old games in order to build up to the upcoming release of Tekken Tag 2 and basically he said well the audio that we have is of so low quality that for most people that don't that aren't huge fans they won't know what it sounds like two we don't because of the format of the files we can't do anything with them and three if we try to recreate them we couldn't because the technology's got so much better so kind of deal with it you're getting enough stuff anyway so stop getting on your soapbox and I think Sean you were applauding him for this I was I really was because he he did something that needed to be done Gamers whine too much. I mean, we've seen this a lot with the Mass Effect 3 stuff. We've seen this a lot with the people crying about the fact that it was DLC on disc. I mean, him, I applaud him immensely for basically telling it how it should be done. I mean, you don't hear, you don't see movie people crying about the fact that a game a movie came out and only came out in one format. You don't hear about people crying about the fact that this book came out but it didn't come out on the Nook or, or the or the uh, whatever the other formats are for, for ebooks. Sorry, uh, it's Kindle. The, the Kindle. Sorry. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Um, it's the, people just need to chill out. I mean, you've got to go basically spend money to get all this stuff done. Yet you're asking for so much that these these guys are trying to give you all this stuff, but they can't do everything. And he basically said it right. Stop crying. Stop crying and let us do our jobs. So You mentioned Mass Effect 3 there. Obviously this week the uh, DLC came out. It's been delayed for PS3 users in Europe by a week for some reason. It's unclear at the minute why. I think it might be because of the release dates that it has to be released in a certain window and 
for EU PS3 people, that wasn't in time, so. It'll be coming out, I believe, this Tuesday or Wednesday, I think. But for those of you who have got it now, but haven't played it yet, you will have to play the last mission again. Because some things differ in the last mission to the to the previous original cut, shall we say. But related to that, stuff's leaked online about plot and a full transcript of a script which is in the code of the game as to what the future DLC is going to be about. If you want to know about that, it, the articles are out there. If you search Mass Effect 3 Extended Cut DLC spoilers or various things, you'll find the actual transcript or the plot synopsis that was put up on certainly the part synopsis is on the Eurogamer site. I can't remember where the full script transcript was. Now this is a confusing one. Tokyo Game Show. There is some high profile well, one not so and one very much so profile surprises here. Unsurprisingly, Microsoft aren't there. Mainly because Microsoft isn't that big in Japan. When you take into account Nintendo and Sony are already kind of established there because they're Japanese. But speaking of one of those two, Nintendo are no showing the event apparently. Now this is September, which is apparently two months before their console gets launched. Or possibly even free. It's getting launched by the end of the year, certainly. But... If that's the case, what are they playing at? What they're playing at, I don't know. Uh, this is a this is a pretty different jo- uh, play by Nintendo by not showing up. Microsoft said they wouldn't show up. Nintendo is based in Japan. That's a huge thing. I mean, if Sony said they weren't showing up, then I would feel very bad for the video game uh, universe, pretty much, due to the fact that three of the major companies, three of the the companies that have consoles basically said, hey, guess what? Tokyo Game Show, not what we want to show at this year. So we just had E3. Oh, well, who cares about Tokyo? Um, Nintendo not showing up is pretty massive. I'm kind of wondering if something happens and they basically don't want to be there due to the facts of... That. I don't know. <laughs> I am really at a loss of words for this entire thing. So um, we'll have to see. The added confusing bit is the fact that Nintendo have said we're going to release more stuff at some point later in the year about the Wii U and what's going to happen. Yeah. So I don't know. If that's the case, again, why the no Tokyo Game Show, and if so as well, the fact that, let's say if it's in September or August when they reveal this info, that's only two or three months before the actual console comes out. So all the people that want to be the early adopters and the first people that buy the system are going to be on relatively short notice as to whether they've got the money in order to get it. Because mm-hmm. we still don't know the release date. We still don't know the price. We know most of the basic specs of how it powers and everything and what it needs. You know, we don't even know the name of the, the prices of the software. It's all completely up in the air. 
rumors have been a hundred dollars for each game, two hundred and fifty pound or three hundred and fifty dollars for the actual console. But I know there was also a report this week that said that the retailers are basically saying they want it relatively low because they don't want a 3DS on their hands. And if you remember what happened with the 3DS, within three months of the thing coming out, it had a price drop of about 30% because nobody bought it. So we'll have to wait and see as this develops over the upcoming weeks. Now, there's another one that you wanted to talk about, Sean, which is about Hitman Absolution. Basically, the developers have come out and said that most people won't actually complete the game, and this makes them sad. It's an interesting phrase to use, but the way they explain it is only 20% of people are actually going to do it the way that they want people to play this, multiple times to try and perfect their assassin ranking. What they're saying is most people will try it and just give up or play for it once and not go back to it. And to be honest, I'm with them because there's with every single Hitman game so far, there has always been multiple ways that you can do the, the kills. I certainly remember one, I think it was in Hitman 2, where you could kind of electrocute him in his hot tub or you could just go up and shoot him by pretending to be like a butler or you could shoot out the bottom of the hot tub, because it was a glass-bottomed hot tub, and let him fall to his death on the rocks below. One of the reasons why I definitely want to talk about this is because I actually recently just bought all three uh, all three Hitmans on Steam. I've been playing Blood Money a lot recently because, I mean, Blood Money was a great game. It was, new, it was the one that basically came out for the Xbox 360 a uh, while back. But, I mean, it was pretty much the only one that had came out on the system. Uh, I plan on... I actually pre-ordered the collector's edition of Absolution. Because I want everything that it comes with. Because I want to finish the game. I want to play it through it multiple times to get those different things. I want to make get the Silent Assassin. I want to make sure my face wasn't seen. I want to kill all the witnesses. I want to do everything that I can just to enjoy the game to the point that I, the point that I can... And have fun with it. I mean, the people just renting games is killing the game industry because it's not letting the companies know, hey, they like this feature, but they hated this feature over here. We need to change this one. We need to do this one. Uh, it's people that go to Redbox and stuff like that that are they're kind of killing off the video game industry. I mean, if you like a game, go buy it. Go to a GameStop. Go to... Uh, I'm about to say, go to a military exchange. Uh, I know it sounds weird saying that, but that's the only thing that came to mind. Go to Walmart, places like that. Go somewhere and buy the game and play it. I mean, you've got Best Buy, you've got you've got Steam, you've got Amazon, you've got all these places that allow you to purchase games, and you've got places that allow you to purchase pre-owned games, too, that are basically a lot cheaper. GameStop, number one among those. Go pick up the game. You're gonna you're gonna play it. You're gonna love it. Just go buy it instead. Give the, give brick and mortar businesses some some money. They're gonna they need it right now. Yeah. So it was a crazy deal that I actually spotted today on uh, I think it was Play.com. This as of this recording, which is Friday the 29th of June, 
they had Mass Effect 3 on the 360 for £15. Which is? About $25. There you go. Uh, it was actually uh, pretty funny that you bring that up. I've been uh, keeping up with Cheap Ass Gamer, which is a website that I go to a lot. CheapAssGamer.com. Check it out. It gives you all of the big uh, deals going on. One of the biggest ones that actually just came out that I didn't even know about, and I work at GameStop, was that the... Let me see if I can find it right quick. The PlayStation 3 3D display that GameStop has is basically the 3D display. comes with like MotorStorm Apocalypse. Uh, it was $300. It dropped to $200 this past week. So if you've kind of been keeping your eye on it and you want this, go buy it. It's completely worth it. Uh, it's It comes with, like a, I think it was 23-inch TV monitor, and you can actually, it's 3D c- compatible. Uh, it doesn't come with a system, but it comes with the games and every. It comes with the game, comes with the 3D glasses, everything like that. So it's pretty cool. Certainly, yeah. Now this is one news that, one bit that Sean was really excited about, and it's our first bit of Comic Con news for this week's show, as the rumor starts trickling about the San Diego, big San Diego show. Epic Games, brand new game, which had no show to E3, and everybody went, what's going on? Fortnite will be shown at Comic-Con. Yes. I uh, I was a big fan of Fortnite. As soon as I saw that for the first time, I was like, I have got to play this game. It's basically a Minecraft-esque survival zombie game. I mean, it looked amazing. And I was all about it. I wanted to play it. I wanted to check it out. I wanted to enjoy it. But, I mean, like like Ashley just said, we didn't have it at E3. So I was confused. I was like, did they cancel the game? I mean, Epic's only a couple hours away from me. So I was kind of like, what if I should go up there and like knock on a door and be like, where was Fortnite? I'm missing my Fortnite. So... I'm really interested to see what they're actually going to give us for for Comic Con because Comic Con they usually bring out all the stops. So yeah, we'll and have to see. Was he was Bioshock there as well? Bioshock Infinite was kind of in the background. Uh, they okay. didn't really do a lot. Well, considering it's got a February release date, it probably doesn't make. A huge amount of sense, but then again, I guess I did quite a lot of pushing for other games that are going to be in that first quarter bracket of 2013. One game deal that I think is pretty good this week, especially if you've got an Xbox and a Connect, to mark the, I think it's the year anniversary of at least the launch of Natal or Connect, they are having Haunt as a free game to download for this week only. So it will be up on the... I think it will expire on over the 2nd or the 3rd of July 2012. I was going to say 2013. That's not a week. But anyway. Yeah, Haunt, it looks to be some kind of spooky kind of Kinect game. Hopefully, certainly from the sound of it, it doesn't sound very kid-friendly. So it's one of those games that's a rarity in Connect, adult. So try that if you want to. We've also got announced this week 
free co-op DLC for Spec Ops The Line in August. So for those of you who have got the game, wait for that in a few months. But, segue it's, to Sean. It's funny you bring that up, because next week, as I have said multiple times in the show tonight, we're going live next week at 11 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on Friday, February... Let me make sure I get this right, because if I don't, Brass Eye will hurt me. February, Friday, February. Friday, February, oh crap. Friday, July 6th. It's uh, 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, check us out, open book. And one of, the couple, one of the big things I'll actually be going on is I will have a review of Spec Ops. A single-player campaign review. Not doing the, the multiplayer, because I kind of want to hold off on that, because I think a lot of people said it was hacked right now on PS3 and stuff like that. So I'm going to hold off on it and give it a uh, month or so so they can get everything figured out. And then I'll probably play the online later. Yeah, I know one of the streams that I saw of an early 360 press reveal from in the UK. The guy went into the lobby and everybody was speeded up with their walking. And for the one kill that he did... He got nine million eight hundred eighty thousand two hundred and twenty XP. Okay. I think that I think that's slightly been hacked. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, I'm. Uh, it's a good. Uh, it's a good game. So, I mean, you'll hear a full review next week of the single player campaign. Is I'm working my way through that, and it's it's different. I'll definitely say that. But uh, back to you, Ashley. Some more news regarding 007 Legends. If you remember about three or four weeks ago, we announced that other than Skyfall, they were going to be basically looking at five classic other films to be covered in it. And the first one was revealed as Moonraker. And this week, they've revealed the second one, which is going to be on Her Majesty's Secret Service, the George Lazenby film that people unfairly want to try and forget because it's the only singular Bond film for an actor playing the titular role or well for James Bond role not because I don't think he played his majesty or her majesty or what well, I don't know that's confusing but there'll be more about that and the other three I guess over the upcoming months because I think it's going to have a October launch to, to coincide with the Skyfall film coming out some news today well the news this week that PlayStation's going all change. Well, kind of. Kaz Harai has now left PlayStation to assume the role as chairman CEO of Sony now. And to commemorate this, to to commemorate this, if I can say it properly, they gave him a special one-of-a-kind PS3. I think, certainly from the outside, it looks like it's got a special paint job. Whether it's got special stuff inside as well, like a one terabyte hard drive. I don't know. But it's probably just a special little thing. Anyway. Another special little thing is a pre-order special for Black Ops 2. Those of you who love the Nuketown map from the very first, or from the first Black Ops, there's going to be a Nuketown 2025 I guess rebooted map? Kind of? to feature in Black Ops 2, but that's only if you pre-order it. Certainly that is only for game in the UK that I'm aware of. I'm not sure whether 
the deal has been signed in America as to which retailer is going to have that deal. If not all of them, I don't know. Big rumor was, I read this the other day, big rumor is that it's going to be possibly part of the uh, couple waves of deal of bonus stuff that's supposed to be coming out for anybody who pre-ordered the game at GameStop. Uh, you got a post, you got a free poster, and you got a free uh, token, uh, prestige token for Modern Warfare 3. One of the big rumors is that one of the other pre-ordered bonus content is going to be the uh, the Nuketown map. So I'll I'm definitely kind of curious. We should be finding something out here in July as that is the next wave. So I'm kind of interested to see what it's actually going to be. Yeah. Some more DLC for a big game coming out this coming week. Max Payne's going to be having a DLC titled Local Justice, which I think is some multiplayer stuff as well as some some single player, not campaign, but you know, special feature kind of stuff in that's I think it's Tuesday and Wednesday depending obviously which console you've got and I'd have thought is PC normally Tuesday anyway with Steam that kind of thing yes well pretty much when it's real when something's released it's released either way so yeah uh, if it gets released it'll get released on Tuesday now something which may not sound gaming but trust us it is the new Google tablet, the Nexus 7, got showcased this week with a 7.5-inch screen, which is pretty impressive, and micro-USB slots and various other things. But the most impressive thing as well is the quad-core NVIDIA card that's in it, or the, the processor, anyway. Oh, yeah. Because it's a processor that you'd find in most, I'd say, medium- to high-end gaming PCs. Sounds like something you need. <laughs> and to, well, the only problem is it's got eight and only got. I think it's a f- about three hundred dollars and three hundred and fifty dollars for the eight and sixteen gigabyte respectively. I don't know whether you can have micro USB connectors to a standard USB powered uh, hard drive. It's worth a try. <laughs> <laughs> First, I have to get a job, but more on that whenever I can do it, which probably won't be very soon because nobody likes people that don't have jobs, but that's my personal stuff. It's in, 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 invading the news, God damn it! Uh, Valve has revealed the source filmmaker tool. Basically, what this is, is you'll be able to do, I guess, edited runs of whatever you do in Team Fortress or Half-Life or Portal. Basically, by the looks of it, any Valve game, so I guess Left 4 Dead as well and Counter-Strike, that's going to be free and is going to be made available later in the year. There is a set, I believe, of 12 videos already up showcasing what things you can do and how to do them effectively from some of the Valve guys. So if you want an early advanced look at what you can do, check them out. Some nice news about Sakurai. I never, I was always worried about his name because he only has one name apparently. He doesn't have a surname. He's just Sakurai. But he's the guy that developed Super Smash Brothers. He's going to be doing a keynote at a Japanese development conference on August the 20th. What some people are kind of hoping is this means some kind of showcase of Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U. 
most people are probably going to go no, because more most often at game developers conferences, not a lot happens. The only reason something happened at the one that happened in 2011 was because it was Satoru Iwata. And he was basically showcasing... I still remember that he showcased Super Mario for the 3DS and that's where the Tanuki suit was in some sort of shadow. Just to tease everybody. Which then got revealed to be that the Tanuki suit is in the game. So I doubt you'll see anything like that. Certainly in an internal thing in Japan. It's not a national global thing like GDC is. Speaking of Japan as well, best-selling game there last week was the new, just relaunched over there, Pokemon Black and White 2, which sold 1.5 million copies. News also came out this week that that game will be coming out in America, I believe, is it October the 7th? October 7th in North America shores. And UK will actually get theirs on October 12th because, you know, you got to check the Pokemon for ticks and stuff. It's, it's, it's partly that and also partly most Nintendo games come out in America on a Sunday for some reason. Yeah. And here it's just like, it's a video game, it's coming out Friday, like all the other video games. You're not getting your own day, Nintendo, you bastards. Sorry, that might be aimed towards Reggie as well after the previous comments we've made. Last of Us. Some people were thinking the campaign mode could be co-op where you could play as the girl. Well, turns out, no. It's just going to be a single-player campaign with you playing as the uh, the father. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it will be just through his viewpoint, but the daughter will be involved in doing some stuff, certainly, but it won't be in your. It won't be in anybody else's control. It's going to be all AI related. Some very intriguing studio news now. Apparently, the developers of Crackdown Two are assisting Crytek in a special Connect game, most notably in multiplayer arenas. Now, I think you mentioned that there keeps to be this mystery game that Crytek keep mentioning. Yeah, there's a game that was show- showcased. Uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's basically, it was gladiatorial combat. Uh, it was a Kinect-based game that they were showing, they kept showing off, kept showing off. And it first showcased, I think, in 2010. Uh, and then basically 2011, didn't really hear much about it. 2012, I don't think we heard anything about it. So, oh, was it that Rise game? Yes. R-Y-S-E. Yes. So, that I think they might be kind of getting ready to hint at that one a little bit. Because it's been mm. in the works for, what, years now? The first trailer I remember seeing of it was E3 2011. Yeah, and the fact I mean, is, it no showed at twelve, and everybody was going, "Okay, that must be like the uh, Fable game, and that they don't want people to buy it." Yeah. So I mean, we'll have to see because uh, I, I'm kind of curious to see what's going to actually come of this. Because yeah. if if it's Rise, then okay, sweet. If it's not, then oh well. Some. 
the other studio stuff, apparently Mag, the studio that did the game Mag for PS3, which is Zipper Interactive, apparently before they got shut down by Sony, they were working on a game which was to feature on a Sony to-be-decided platform. So that pretty much tells you Mag was working on something for the next generation of consoles. What it is, we probably won't know, because they're not around anymore. Speaking of not around anymore, Sega. Yeah, kind of swerve you there. but Yeah, Sega is basically restructuring most of their subsidiary kind of areas. Certainly Europe, I think France, Germany, Italy, Luxembourg are getting completely restructured and... Sega Australia has pretty much been shut down as well. I know one of the guys is going into another games company or setting up his own company to produce the games that he was going to be making it or working on at Sega Australia. And then, arguably one of the big stories, which I think is a damn shame, Radical Entertainment is no more. These are the same guys that brought you Simpsons Hit and Run, which was arguably the best Simpsons game to come out, apart from the arcade game. Along with Scarface, The World is Yours, which I thought was a actual pretty good reimagination of what would happen if Tony Montana didn't get shot at the end of the film. Oh, spoilers. And also the only just released Prototype 2. Apparently, it was due to the fact that Prototype 2 had bad sales. Well, that's kind of... I would say it's kind of your problem for delaying it, but when I saw it in September at Game Fest, when it happened near me, they were already saying it was going to be coming out in April. They knew that was the firm date. So I don't know whether that's... It's been affected by the fact that it wasn't in a major launch window. But if that's the case, why didn't Max Payne 3 do badly? So, and the guys as well there that were really, they were really humorous as well. They got us to make, you know, to chant, yes sir, at everything. And when you were basically killing your friends, they were saying, okay, you know you're killing your teammates here. Fucking pathetic. And it's like, that's, that's the kind of humor that I want from my developers. And now, some of them are being kept on, but the rest of them are pretty much being laid off. Which, I know quite a few people on the Facebook chat were saying that they really liked the... I know they did Hulk, but they also did probably the better one, which was Incredible Hulk, Weapons of... I think it was Weapons of Destruction, was it the subtitle? I believe so. I mean, it's been a while since I've actually seen that game. So I believe that's it. But yeah, your thoughts on Radical going under? It sucks. I mean, it really does. I mean, it was a great company that created a lot of great games. I'm I'm very iffy on what's going to happen now. I mean, mm. because they had a lot of great titles. They did a great job at the games. It was one of those that you kind of just look at and be like, it's like, why? What happened? You did what? So I'm 
I'm hoping that at some point we'll we'll see another prototype. I mean, we we've got to because they left a lot of stuff open for a third game. So we'll have to. Once again, I'm I'm hoping we'll see something, but pr- radical pretty much dying out sucks. Yeah. I mean, uh, one more one story. Sorry, what, uh, one more story. Just before I get to some more stories for me and Sean to talk about, one that Sean's already probably taken up on the fact that Walking Dead episode two is out now. It's just got released. I believe it's supposed to be set a few months after the first episode, I think. Uh, I'm not even sure. I've got to go back and refinish the uh, first side. I'll okay. have to definitely let y'all know when I finish the first one again. Okay. Now, EA, apparently the premium-style service that they've had for Battlefield 3 has been enough enough of a success to mean that they could extend it out to other franchises. Sean, you wanted to give your thoughts on that. I, uh... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's a smart idea, number one, um, due to the fact that they're going to basically... They're trying to make money. Uh, if you didn't know, EA was actually voted the worst company ever <laughs> uh, by fans. So... I'm I'm really wondering why why they're thinking about this, and it's just going to get people to be like, "You guys suck! What are you doing?" Stuff like that. So I, I I'm not all for this. Now this is something that is pretty intriguing as well, which may be the greatest or the greatest fail ever. Watch Dogs, the thing which pretty much astounded both. Me, Sean, and quite a lot of you guys from listeners, from Facebook page, posts, and other thoughts that you've given elsewhere, Twitter and all that. Certainly the rest of the internet did as well. What it was, if you remember in the trailer, there was some person with a hat on or a helmet on, which was a quantum reality code thing. If people scan that with their phones or whatever, and other various gadgets, they got taken to a web page where they could sign up for email updates. Now, this is where the twist happens. Today, the first email update came out. But for some people, the email also got CC'd to about 300 other people. So basically, you found out 300 other people's email addresses, which are supposed to be private. So either this is a cock-up on behalf of the, develop- of the marketing people, or this is one of the best viral marketing campaigns ever for a game which is all supposed to be about security and hacking. I don't, I don't think Sean signed up for it, so he's kind of relieved, but... You know, what's your take on this? You think this is mistake or elaborate? Viral? I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome to be honest. I mean, it does screw suck suck for the people who were actually had their email address in there. I mean, it would suck for me, but I'd still think it'd be pretty awesome uh, viral campaign acting if it was viral. 
Uh, I mean, it could be completely accidental on marketing, saying, you know, we didn't mean to add the add all these email addresses in. At the same time, they could have been 500 fake email addresses. I mean, we don't know. We don't know exactly whose email addresses were in there. I mean, this is a company that, that probably employs a couple thousand people. You got 300 of them making fake counts. So who knows what's going to happen there. Brassai is currently asking us, was this run by News Corps? Uh, uh, Ubisoft Montreal? I don't think so. Probably not. Uh. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear more about this later on. I definitely don't think this was a screw-up. If it was, they could owe people a lot of money. So we'll, we'll have to see. Speaking of stuff that doesn't make sense, the final story, as we kind of teased or reported on the tease, Vivendi is selling up. Now, it wasn't clear in the previous report whether it was going to be some or all, but it's now come out on Bloomberg that Vivendi is going to put its entire 61% majority stake in Activision Blizzard up for sale. Uh, All you need is $8.1 billion. I kind of wish I had that much too. <laughs> own, own Blizzard? Own any part of Blizzard? Oh yes, I would love to own all that. Please, give me the money. Yeah. Own Activision as well. Call of Duty. I could care less about Activision. No. Uh, well, no. Think what you could do. Activision Blizzard is prototype yeah, but you could reestablish I'm, them. I'm a Blizzard fan. If I got the chance to own Blizzard, I would take it in our feet. Because Blizzard is one of my favorite companies out there to begin with. I would basically go up and say, "Guess what, guys? I'm your boss. I want access to Diablo three expansions, all the WoW expansions. Give me free yearly access to WoW. Give me access to this new Titan program you got going on." I want it all. See, I mean, I've got plans. Believe me on that. I want everything Blizzard's working on. Sean doesn't want to take over the world. He just wants to take over Blizzard. <laughs> oh, yes. Give me Blizzard, and you have given me the world. Of Warcraft. I, I, I don't know about that. Let's just ask the people in uh, Seoul, South Korea. All those people that died playing that wild game. Give me, oh yeah, give me, give me what? Give me Blizzard. You give me the world. So we end on people dying in South Korea because they're too addicted to a video game. What a nice, happy way to end the games. <laughs> well, have well, a nice way to end your your part of the segment. Who's well, to say I'm done? Well, I'm just unhappy that my uh, segment gets hijacked and turned into depressing. Oh well, so. Since he is done, let me basically start off mine with start with the Wii U. Uh, Nintendo has come out and said that the Wii U online functionality, guess what? It's going to be free. It'll con- connect to the Nintendo network and it'll be free. Uh, it's pretty much going the way of what the regular Wii did. And it's just going to be just like what the 3DS is and the PlayStation pretty much. You get free access to the, to the network, so it's all good to go. Uh, 800,000 people have been listed in Battlefield 3 Premium so far. 
keywords so far. Battlefield 3 did ship over 15 million copies. So could we see that number jump to 1.5 million within the next couple weeks? We'll keep you guys up to date on that one. Company of Heroes 2 has released a trailer that basically has this tagline. Company of Heroes 2 wants to remind you of World War II's Russian casualties. So I haven't had a chance to watch this video yet, but I'm very interested in what Company of Heroes 2 is going to bring. If you're a big fan of NBA 2K13, you'll definitely want to wake up to this because uh, I think a few weeks ago we talked about NBA Baller Beats, which is some crappy game that's supposed to be coming out. Well, the Dynasty edition of NBA 2K13 will actually come with a basketball. Yes, a basketball. It comes with a colorful orb, orb which is actually coming from Spalding, the guys who make all the basketballs for the NBA. The $100 collector's edition also comes with DLC in the form of the all-star add-on content presented by Sprite, 2K Sports branded earbuds from Skull Candy, and a t basketball textured controller skin. And thought of in the case, in case the thought of not feeling the basketball for 10 seconds is just too much to bear. Uh, Pre-orders can be placed through one of three retailers accessible via the game's Facebook page. I'm the basketball looks pretty interesting. I uh, I kind of want to buy buy this just for that, but I more so want those Skull Candy uh, earphones. Those look pretty sweet. Hundred bucks isn't that bad either. Uh, as Ashley did mention, Nuketown will re will possibly be returning in Black Ops 2. It's basically called Nuketown 2025, and some of the pictures that they released looks pretty good. I'm very interested in it. Uh, Activision sweeps up all China-related Call of Duty domains, so there's no problems later on. They want to go ahead and get all of the Call of Duty domains that they can. BlackOpsChina2.com, BoChina.com, CallOfDutyChina.com, pretty much trying to get them all as much as they can. Uh, Far Cry 3 has been delayed, to which sucks, completely sucks. Um, it's been delayed to December 4th in the United States, and in Europe, Middle East, and Africa, it's been delayed to November 29th. So Ashley may get his chance to play the game before me. Wow. Well, no, because I'm not going to have a next-gen console, but I'm guessing it will still be on Showcase if it is on the uh, the event that happens in London at the end of September. So. So you've got to let me know how this game plays because I'm pretty much got this game pre-ordered already, and I'm looking very much forward to it. I just want to see the scene again with the uh, woman with the naked boobies, just on the that that final scene when it was just hallucination and there was an upside down bed on the roof of the room. What? Of course, Ashley talking about naked women on the show. Thank you, Ashley. At least my segment got more of that. So he <laughs> wrote. Uh, I've, I've got, really got to figure out how to say his name. Hiromichi Tanaka has left Square Enix. This is pretty major news, but it sucks a lot because he left due to his health. He's suffering from a major illness of some kind, and no one knows what's really going on. Tanaka is, was cited as has a desire to work as a single creator on future developmental projects as a reason for resigning to his post. 
Uh, he was involved in Final Fantasy XI. He was also involved in the Death Trap from 1984. He worked on the original Final Fantasy. He also worked on Final Fantasies 2, 3, 4, Xenogears, Chrono Cross. He worked in part with Ohik. Uh, excuse me, guys. I'm gonna. Have to, it's gonna. Uh, it's gonna require a little bit of work for me from this one. Akihiko uh, Matsui, as uh, part of the, he was working with him on the Final Fantasy 14 team, as basically Matsui was taken over, has taken over Tanaka's part. Um, Matsui will also take over Final Fantasy 11 and all Final Fantasy 14. I mean, it's it sucks to hear this because he was doing a lot of work. He was doing a great job, and he's got to leave due to an illness. And uh, myself, and I'm sure Ashley's there with me, and the SNS Radio Network, anybody who's a fan of Square Enix, anybody who's a human being pretty much, will say we all wish him a speedy recovery for what, on whatever he, whatever's wrong with him. Absolutely. Um, Lulsec, this is something I kind of wanted to allude to, I kind of wanted to read. Uh, this is pretty hilarious. Um, Lulsec, two of them plead guilty to hacky. Two, two more Lulsec, Lulsec guy, people, whatever you want to call them, deny the charges. Yes, out of the four, two of them take the charges. Uh, Ryan Cleary and Jake Davis are two individuals who were suspected to be involved with the hacking group Volsec. Uh, Cleary, who is 19, and Davis, the younger of the two, at 18, both admitted membership in Volsec at South Southwark Crown Court. Pleading Southwark. Guilty. What? It's pronounced Southwark. Even I don't know why. Well, guess what? I'm in America, and we call it Southwark. So guess what? We're sticking with that. So shh. Southwark Crown Court pleading guilty to conspiracy to do an unauthorized act or acts with intent to impair or with recklessness as to impairing the operation of a computer or computers. The two two other invi- individuals, 25-year-old Ryan Ackroyd and an unnamed 17-year-old because he is a minor, was allowed to be able to be unnamed, both denied the charges they were involved in Lulsec hacking. Uh, so, I mean, that's it's pretty bit crazy that the Lulsec thing is actually going forward. Uh, I'm really wanting to see what's going to become of this because I do know that if you're considered a hacker, you can have the they can take away your ability to even be near a computer. And in this day and age, you're screwed because everything is a computer. They can take away your phone. They can take away... Your computer, they can take away dial tone phones also. I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty much screwed. The only thing you'll have access to is probably one of the old CRT TVs. It sucks. So that's all I've got. I mean, Ashley, do you have anything else you want to bring up before we jump into our next break? Uh, speak. I spoke about the uh, Eurogamer Expo in London. They've actually revealed some names of games that are going to be showcased. Confirmed from Ubisoft, Square Enix, and Capcom, we've got Assassin's Creed 3, DMC, which is the reboot of Devil May Cry, Far Cry 3, Hitman Absolution, Just Dance 4, Lost Planet 3, Resi 6, Rocksmith, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, and Tomb Raider. 
Wait, Rocksmith? Yeah, it, but due to copyright and legal issues, it's taken about 12 months from when it got released in America to when it's going to get released over here. Good times. That's interesting. That's taken that long, so... Okay. So with that, we're going to take our next break, and we'll catch you guys here in a few minutes. Bronx man. Andy, what's going on? Why is it that wrestling fans can't seem to handle the truth? Maybe because the truth will set you free and they enjoy being shackled by the corporate headquarters of the WWE. This is the place where we command the truth. We tell it where to go. It is right here. The Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. Listen to all the shows of the SNS Radio Network live on your iPhone, BlackBerry, and Android. Visit www.mobileradio.info. And check us out on the TuneIn Radio app. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, wa- I caught SmackDown again. I caught she- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick... Sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent Scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of Fatigue. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And 
Do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. It's a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. A kind of magic. One dream, one soul, one prize, one gold, one golden glance of what should be. It's a kind of magic. One shot. back from that little break we just had so we jump from the gaming segment we jump into the entertainment segment the movie news comic books stuff like that so Ashley go for it okay let's start with the fact that Scorsese Martin Scorsese legendary film director has actually abandoned film now I don't mean he stopped making films because he hasn't what it is is he's abandoned actual physical film and he's going to be digital only which is kind of disheartening because of all the great things that have been made on proper like feely film and everything's now just becoming as numbers of zero a lot of zeros and ones should I say but I guess that is the future and it means you can have more stuff like Hugo which I thought was a brilliant little film and who knows what's going to happen with his new one that he's doing with DiCaprio and Jonah Hill's in it as well it's some true story thing I'll have to get the details of it when it comes up for awards because it probably will be nominated for awards when it comes around to next February or whatever speaking of awards Jackie Chan he should get a load of awards for his stuff apparently he's going to be featuring a new comedy despite the fact there were a whole load of rumours of him a few months back saying he was retiring which he had to clarify by saying, no, I'm just going to be doing less physical stunts. Which, given that he's in his mid-50s, it's probably fair. I doubt, I doubt many people in their mid-50s will be wanting to do death-defying stunts. I doubt Sean would if he got that age, would you? Uh, no, especially with Jackie Chan's uh, body, no. Yeah. But, so, the... The synopsis of this, there's no title for it, but it's going to be something like a midnight run style rush hour thing in which he plays a detective going after a casino person who basically hasn't paid off their tab to the casino in Macau. 
and he's pursuing him across Vegas, I believe. So we'll have to see what happens with that. I think it's supposed to be 2013, 2014 release for that film. Speaking of a film that's coming out next year, though, 2013, Riddick. Riddick 3, whatever it's going to be called. Vin Diesel's been constantly supplying us with details and pictures of the the shoot and everything. But this week on the Facebook, he apparently sent a message saying that he's seen the very early first cut of the movie. And apparently he was marking out like a monkey. So he seems impressed by it. But then again, he was probably impressed by Chronicles of Riddick. And to be quite honest, quite a lot of people weren't. Because Riddick wasn't as... Riddick, to me, wasn't as good as Pitch Black was, personally. Sean, what was your thoughts on the first two Riddick films? I love them. Pitch Black was an amazing film that Vin... Actually, was the first film that I ever saw Vin Diesel in. And then Chronicles of Riddick was a great film itself. I am looking forward to a third one. Okay. Now, this is one that I'm a bit confused about. Highlanders getting another reboot. And it's been confirmed this week that Green Lantern is going to be him. Yes, Ryan Reynolds is going to be portraying the role of which there can be only one. Hence the music we had in the intro to Segment 3. I mean, I can kind of see it working because I see him in the Christopher Lambert style role but I don't know whether we need to remake it what is this thing with everything being remade speaking of there's apparently going to be a reboot of Starship Troopers this despite the fact that the original Starship Troopers I think only came out 15 years ago in 1996 or 97 I understand like Reboots are within about twenty twenty five years or, or or longer, but fifteen. I'm not sure. One thing the producers have tried to stress though is that it's going to be more faithful to the book and not some B movie style propaganda fascism thing, which is what they claim it to be. Which, considering it's from the director of Basic Instinct, they might be right. Now, this is one that kind of surprised me, and I don't know whether. Sean will want to give his thoughts on it. Lego the movie. <laughs> From the writers of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and 21 Jump Street. <laughs> and, the, and the worst thing is, it now has a subtitle. It's called Lego the Peace of Resistance. Yeah, it gets even more cheesy. Apparently it's going to be a combination of live action and CGI stuff. Apparently there's supposed to be this Lego man who is going to look like the the creator, apparently. And this band of people try and do some kind of rescue, apparently. But the word is that Will Arnett has been confirmed... To play Lego Batman. And apparently they want Channing Tatum to be Lego Superman. I'll never watch it. And what's making me wonder is 
one, this is going to be nowhere near as good as Man of Steel or any of the Christopher Nolan Batman films. And two, why didn't they just get the cast from Lego Batman, the video game, to do the voices? Or was that too simple? Because they're so stupid. And again, this is from the people that did 21 Jump Street, so stupid is probably connected with correct. I mean, that's my opinion, 21 Jump Street. It wasn't a bad film, but I still... Because I I don't know the American TV series that it's based on, I'm kind of clueless about it. Something that's also clueless to me is Sean Astin, who played Samwise Gamgee in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, is apparently going to be starring in Patient Zero, which is a sequel to Cabin Fever. Which, from what I remember, wasn't too bad a film, but I don't know if it was worthy of having a sequel. And word is, there's going to be a third one as well, so Cabin Fever is going to become a trilogy, when it probably should have just stayed as one film. But then again, it's Sean Astin, and most of the stuff he's actually been in has been a good role, so I'll cast my judgment on that until it comes round. Something else that um, doesn't really leave me very happy is another child's play. Yes, Chucky is back, and this time it's the curse of Chucky. That's all that's been announced, and to be quite honest, it should just stay that way. I mean, the Chucky films are alright, but to me, they've just are becoming like scary movie, and they're just becoming cliche-ridden like all hell. It's not proper horror to me, like the first couple were. Especially if there's going to be about 15 million billion dollars in it, other than Chucky. Because I don't know, the curse of Chucky sounds like it could be, but... This is one story that intrigued me, and I want to get Sean's thoughts on this. Sigourney Weaver has pretty much said that she believes they're going to be doing, not two, but three back-to-back avatars. Um, in all honesty, I'll go ahead and say this. I haven't even seen the first Avatar. Ooh. I, uh, yeah, you can, you can bash me all you want. I don't know Mind Wipe and Walkie's stance on Avatar. Um, if they love it, then you can hate me all you want because I, I think I've said this before too, and I, I, I'm basically a broken record. I, don't like movies that are worked on for so freaking long because they want to be the best thing ever created. I want a movie because that's what they're for. They're for they're entertainment. They're not mm-hmm. there for basically us to work at it ourselves and try to understand the film. I'm there to watch a movie, enjoy the movie, and relax. Uh, who was it? Um, James Cameron worked on this movie for what seven years. They worked on the technology. Technically 14, because the last film that he did was Titanic, which was 97. But he was working on the technology for this for almost eight, nine years or so. That's too long. I mean, if you cannot get the technology done for it, I mean, I know you want the the stuff to look great. 
I know you want it to look amazing. Please understand that. I know that. I just cannot look at this and be like, this is a movie I want to see. I have to see it. It must be the greatest thing ever created. No. I I might see it. I, I, I might. But right now, Avatar is not on the top of my list. Think about another film that was hugely delayed in getting a film produced of it and how good that was. That film was John Carter. I don't even saw John Carter. Yeah. No, but that film was supposed to be in development with Disney and everything in about the 70s or 80s. And it's taken till 2012 for it to be released. And then when it did, it kind of sunk without trace. Which is very popular. But now to move on to a really big story that got revealed this week. The Indiana Jones story compilation is going to be released on Blu-ray for the first time. Sweet. Coming out in October, which certainly for UK people will include the definitive original cut of Temple of Doom. Because apparently some of the gore, I guess, with all the people getting cut up in the mine and various stuff and the pulling out of the heart scene might have been de-gorified, if that's a word. Probably isn't. But they were slightly edited and everything, so it could get a PG rating here in the UK. But due to the rating changes, you can basically have that gore in, and it can still be PG now. Because I guess it's toned down over 20... Well, nearly 30 years, actually, because it was 84. That came out. Yeah, stop doing chants on me, please. I've got enough curses on me. Especially Kale one from Chucky. Oh, wait, sorry, what? I just pulled out somebody's heart. I thought we were saying Shalimar. Dear Lord. Anybody gets that musical reference, eat a fortune cookie. With the piece of paper still in. Joke on it. Or something, I don't know. Wow. But, whoa, 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 what? Did you just tell somebody from our, our listener base to just eat the cookie and choke on it? Dude. Eat the fortune cookie and choke on the piece of paper. And then the piece of paper comes out and it says you have bad luck. I don't know. Oh, actually. Go Some ahead. kind of irony. Anyway, th- this is the news that Sean really wants me to cover. Comic-Con. And the fact that it was revealed pretty late on Friday afternoon evening time for America that The Hobbit will be coming to Comic Con in a special showcase with I think McKellen, Jackson Freeman Armitage and I can't remember if there's anybody else but that's going to get showcased in I think it's Hall H for Hobbit, I don't know or Hall M, I can't, I can't remember, but certainly getting a whole hall to itself to showcase. Normally with Jackson, he showcases about 20 minutes of a movie. Which, considering they're doing back-to-back filming now, probably makes sense. So, no doubt, Sean, that's one you're looking forward to. Oh, yes, of course. I, uh... I want to see what they've got because I'm a huge Peter Jackson fan. I'm a huge, 
Lord of the Rings fan, so whatever he's got coming up, I want to see it all. Yeah. And this is something that probably Walkie and my my bomb will elaborate more on, but word is the human fly is going to be coming to the big screen. Sean, do you know who the human human fly is? That was a movie, wasn't it? No. Then no, I don't. It was a short-lived comic strip in the 70s from Marvel. Uh, No, I have no clue. It was basically a stuntman who got in an accident that went wrong and basically had a Wolverine-style metal frame inserted in him so he could keep going on. And then he did stunts for like charity for people that got injured from stunts. I guess this was in the era of stunt people like Evil Knievel like that having big accidents and basically hurting themselves. And that's why they brought it out. But you know, it only went for two years. So but the word is this is going to be made into a big screen, but it's going to be an indie thing and going to be nothing to do with Marvel Studios. So although it's a Marvel character, it's not going to be anything to do with Marvel. But With Marvel, of course, there is a big situation. Obviously, they're going to showcase Iron Man 3. And we've already got confirmed that Thor 2 is coming out in 2013. And Captain America is coming out in 2014. The question is, what's that other movie in 2014? Because Marvel normally put out to a year now because it makes sense. Apart, from, well, apart from this year, obviously, but the Avengers kind of took one point three billion dollars, so I think that's covered itself. There are three projects that are going round. One of which is Ant Man, which is the project that Joe Cornish and Edgar Wright have been working on. Edgar Wright, you'll know from doing Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and the upcoming World's End. Joe Cornish, British comedian who's done Adam and Joe stuff, but also had his own feature film. Uh, I don't know if it's come out in America yet, but it's Attack the Block, which is basically an alien invasion in a housing complex in London, which is actually pretty well done. And I th- I, I'm not sure whether he wrote partially for... I think Joe partially wrote for the Tintin film, but I'm not entirely sure. I think he did. So he's got certainly acclaim in the, the, the film world. Apparently they've been working on a script for Ant-Man with no names connected. One is also Big Hero 6, which is this one major hero it's based out of japan and apparently there's a sam there's a silver samurai and a 13 year old kid who is pretty mean with a katana but the one which has been reported the mo- the wi- the widest should i say as being the most likely is guardians of the galaxy which was a pretty cool series which has gone through many iterations in comic book form. Started out in late 60s, I believe, but recently 
there was a, a new series that started to modernize it in 2008. And one of the baddies that the Guardians of the Galaxy took on in that may have shown his face at the end of the Avengers. We're not telling you who that is for spoiler reasons, but it's it's somebody that's wide in Marvel folklore. Or in all honesty, I, sorry to cut you off right there. Um, we've already pretty much spoiled that. That was spoiled on a Facebook page. It was Thanos. I'm going to go ahead and let it out, out of the bag. It was Thanos, uh, basically known as a killer. A stone-cold killer. And if you don't know the Guardians of the Galaxy, they're supposed to be not superheroes, but kind of like a special band of elite forces put together to be defenders. As I guess kind of the first line of defense before we need the Avengers, if we didn't either. So, those are the three projects. I don't know which out of those three. I think because you're an Edgar Wright fan, you'd want to see Ant-Man more out of the rest of them, wouldn't you say, Sean? Not really. Well, which of those three would you want to see? Well, the switch between Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, and what was the other one? Big Hero 6, which is set in Japan, which looks to be weird. Uh, I don't want to see... I don't really want to see Ant-Man unless they fully focus on the entire... Entire... I mean, I'm... I'm in the Marvel world, Ant-Man was known as the the abuser. He was known... He basically committed domestic abuse against the, the Wasp. So they have to follow through with that. Plus, they have to follow through with Captain America beating the living crap out of him because of that. I mean, that's just one of those things. And I don't think... I don't see them falling all the way through because they don't want to show... They don't want to have to do anything with... Um, domestic abuse so I want to see it but I don't want to see it I want to see Guardians of the Galaxy because it it looks and sounds interesting that other Japanese film not really it's not it's based in Japan it's not Japanese it still doesn't sound interesting at all (laughs) of course there could be a huge swerve and it's none of the three it could be Avengers 2 for all we know I mean, technically, I don't. Well, I don't know whether it, they can because it's 20th Century Fox. But there's been the whole rumor about a Fantastic Four reboot. Yeah, I could see that too. But I don't know whether it's. I don't know whether it counts because it obviously isn't. It, well, is it going to be Marvel Studios? Because the rights, because it isn't. It isn't Disney. It's a 20th Century Fox film, I think. Like with the X-Men having to be a separate from everything. And Spider-Man as well. I think I've just lost myself completely too. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's the problem with Marvel. They've got too many companies involved in too many of their films. Well, it's not really their fault. It's more per se. It is the companies because they really... They threw themselves out there, wanted to be involved so bad to make the money, and then in the end basically didn't even give themselves a chance to say, hey, guess what? 
we're going to allow Marvel to take back over their own franchise so they can do what they want. Mm. It, it kind of kills themselves out. So Marvel basically has to come in and say, um, we're going to pay you this to take back our own franchise. And yeah. that's what has to happen. If they don't do that, then they're going to basically lose their franchise. Speaking of Marvel, a nice little segue here. On the first live show next week, expect to hopefully have a review of the newly released Amazing Spider-Man featuring a British Peter Parker, technically. So that's all the stuff from me. Sean, have you got any stories that you want to add? Yeah, I'm going to throw a few things out right quick. Uh, The first thing is... Is I was taking a look at IGN right quick and just reading some of the different things on here uh, about the movie news. And one of the cool things that just popped up is Peter Cullen will be interviewed by Larry King about his role as Optimus Prime. And guess where it's going to happen at? Comic-Con. I mean, it's, go- it's going to be a Q&A session where you can basically go out, listen to this entire conversation... And here it go down. I mean, that it's going to be Friday, July 13th in room 23 ABC. So if you're there, go check it out. If you do go, give us give us a text. Give us something to let us know, hey, I went to this. This is what happens because we want to hear you guys. We want to hear how it went and everything. Um, taking a look at uh, one of the pictures that Vin Diesel set out for the sequel to Riddick. It's a pretty sweet picture. Uh, I'm definitely liking the look. Basically, it shows Riddick standing in there. Standing basically looks like a cave. And he's got a garb over his face. He's got the goggles on his head. It looks like he's got a shield of some kind and a blade on his back. Uh, it actually looks like a skull in front of him. Uh, it's a very interesting picture. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, what they'll have to do with this. Uh JJ and I'm sure a lot of the uh, the fan the, the guys out there would definitely want to hear about this. Uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, the complete season four, is coming to Blu-ray and DVD on October 23rd. Yep, you can see Darth Maul come back to life, pretty much. And on October 23rd, pick it up. It's going to be pretty awesome. One cool thing that IGN does they they throw out some stuff that you wouldn't know about. Uh, one thing is 25 things that you probably didn't know about the Dark Knight Saga. One of them that was very interesting that I saw was sit down, oh, sit down, oh, sit down. Uh, basically, it goes like this. Did you feel the urge to sit down while watching Batman Begins? That may have been a subconscious side effect from a bizarre piece of casting whereby Arkham inmate and famed comic book villain Victor Zaz was played by former James Frontman Tim Booth in a dialogue-free cameo. This was pretty awesome because I didn't even realize this until they showed the pictures. Uh, basically, what happens is he turns his head after he get, gets out of the prison cell, and you can see all of the cuts that he that Victor Zaz made on his neck and body and stuff in this one image. It looked pretty awesome. Another... Another one that actually I already knew about was Riddle Me This. We all know Bane is the villain in The Dark Knight Rises, 
but according to writer David C. Goyer, Warner Brothers had some ideas of their own. He claims he was approached at the Dark Knight premiere by a presumptuous Warner executive wanting to talk villains for the third installment. Obviously, it's going to be the Riddler, and we want it to be Leonardo DiCaprio. Ironically, DiCaprio is just about the only Inception cast member not to play a part in this movie. That's a pretty interesting... Uh, this was something that caught me off guard, and I really wanted to bring this up. Uh, this one's basically called Dick Who. Uh, yeah, funny. One early draft of Batman's Begins did contain a reference to Robin, albeit not a direct one. Katie Holmes' character, Rachel Dawes, was revealed to be a distant relative of the Grayson family, a.k.a. Dick Grayson, the boy wonder. Chris Nolan allegedly removed the nod in case fans expected him to debut Robin in future Batman movies, which he claims he has no interest in doing. Uh, Another... Going through a couple more of these. uh, Pair of Jokers. Though Jack Nicholson's performance as a Joker in Tim Burton's Batman was more more than memorable, his voice was dubbed by actor Giancarlo Giannini for the Italian version. Nineteen years later, when it came to providing an Italian voiceover for Heath Ledger's jocular villain in The Dark Knight, it was decided that Giancarlo's son, Adriano, would provide the perfect link between the two films. That's pretty cool that they actually had them do that. They had the father and the son come up and do that. I'm trying to find another one. This was something that I actually noticed that Heath Ledger kept doing. I kept wondering about it. Uh, It's called The Joker Sucks. One of several Heath Ledger's performances as a Joker was so mesmerizing was was the unnerving way the actor kept sucking at his cheeks and licking his lips. This facial tick was a result of Ledger's initial discomfort of the prosthetic scarred makeup, but was eventually adopted as a character idiosyncrasy after Chris Nolan was suitably freaked out. This is something, I think we've talked about this before, Ashley, and basically verify this with me if we have, because I, I think we had a conversation about this in an earlier show. Uh, potential spoiler alert. Liam Neeson steadfastly refuses to comment whether Ra- Raj Al Ghul will mm. return for The Dark Knight Rises. And we've talked about this, haven't we? Yeah. That's what I thought. But set reports seem to suggest he was present during portions of the London shoot. We do know that Josh Pence, the body, if not face, of the second Winklevoss twin in the social network, plays a young version of Neeson's character, which leaked photos seem to suggest suggest the healing powers of the Lazarus Pit might play some part in the plot. And one more piece, which is... Actually, two more pieces, because this is going to be... uh, Well, three more, excuse me. Uh, This is pretty hilarious because I think Ashley will get a very nice joke out of this. Did you know there was a Batman turkey? Or Botman? Botman turkey, actually? Ashley? No. Uh, Of all the frivolous lawsuits faced by Hollywood's lawyers, this one has to be the weirdest. Just before The Dark Knight was released on DVD in 2008, Warner Brothers found themselves threatened by legal action from the mayor of Turkish city, Batman. Are also are more so pronounced Botman. He claimed he was not asked for permission to use the name Batman, and blamed Warner Brothers and Chris Nolan for unsolved murders and a high female suicide rate in his city. 
Unsurprisingly, the case never made the court. Wow. Wow. I don't think what happened to Casablanca. <laughs> this one hits kind of home, kind of hits close to home, actually. The Joker's pencil-related magic trick is perhaps the most astonishing violent scene to ever make it into a 12A movie in the UK. And it's perhaps the reason that the Dark Knight triggered over 200 complaints to the British Board of Film Classification, the most complaints lodged of the decade. The BBFC reckoned that 42% of all letters they received in 2008 were from disgruntled Batman viewers. You see, my problem with that is you then have films like The Woman in Black, which has the same certificate, which is way more creepy because it involves ghosts and supernatural and basically kids being possessed and killing themselves in fire and burning in front of a camera, yet apparently that's suitable for kids, yet one pencil scene, which lasts for about three seconds, the violence with it, apparently, oh, got to complain, this has got to be a 15. My God, are you ever satisfied, UK public? Probably not. (laughs) So since Ashley's done with his little rant, um, this last one is very interesting. The Ultimate Ministry. As Chris Nolan and Christian Bale have both said, The Dark Knight Rises will be their last Batman movie. It appears we won't see the director's vision of fan-favorite bad guy, the Riddler, unless we've already seen him. The character in The Dark Knight who discovers Batman's identity is Coleman Reese, or Mr. Reese. Mr. Reese? Mr. Reese? Get it? It's a little bit too similar to the Riddler's alter ego of Enigma. To be mere coincidence, but it's more likely an Easter egg than a serious suggestion of riddling to come. I still remember all the rumors that Philip Seymour Hoffman was going to play Penguin. I remember those two, and we never saw anything else about that afterwards, which really made me think maybe in the the reboot we're actually going to see it. I mean, we we don't know. We really don't know what's going to happen there. By the way, have you heard about new Kevin James's new film? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Kevin James plays an MMA fighter in a comedy by Adam Sandler. Oh wow! This is oh that reminds me of a brilliant picture that I saw this week. Apparently, this new film that he's in with the bloke Andy Samberg, can't remember what it's called. That's my dad. Like, oh, that's yeah, my boy. That's, my, that's, my, that's boy. my boy. Yeah. There's a poster that's turned up in the London Underground, and somebody has taken a little square block of a Mac file menu. You know, the 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 equivalent of the you know file edit that you get on a Windows Word thing or whatever, or the taskbar that you get with a web browser. And it's the edit section is selected and then highlighted is move to trash. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I've got. Oh wait, I take that back. Five characters who will not be in the Star Trek sequel. According to Joe Blow, Robert, Roberto Orshi, 
Orchi Orsi, however you say his name. I'm sure I'm getting yelled at. Uh, said the following Trek characters will not be in the in the film: Gary Mitchell, Charlie X, Rook, Janice Rand, and the Borg. Yeah, I just said that. So that's a very interesting statement that he made. Apparently, the uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is going to be broken up by Warner Brothers and into separate sets so that they can be released in August. Hmm. Of course, the three Avatar sequels we don't care about. Uh, more Halloween sequels to be stocking on Blu-ray. Oh, okay. Avengers to hit 600 million has already hit 600 million in the U.S. Firefly will have a 10th anniversary panel at Comic Con. Very happy about that. Oh, nice. I will. If I, I, I really wish I was in San Diego. I really hope that's not true. Um, Tyler Perry is apparently pinning a sci-fi script. Could it be Medea in space? We hope not. Oh, wow. But yeah. God, that's no. You know how many of those Medea movies or Tyler Perry movies have actually been released over here nationally? One. Really? Yeah. Out of, I think, about ten so far. That's kind of interesting, as they were plays. So, I'm surprised, because they made a, well, they made a ton of money in America, but there's a reason for that. So, uh, but that's pretty much all I've got. Uh, is there anything else that you want to bring up before we close it out? Something that I've just noticed, which is interesting. Despite the fact that we are about three, three and a half weeks away from the release of Dark Knight Rises, it still has no certificate from the British certificate people. So, hopefully it will be within the next week where we can say it's a 12A because of such and such. Considering the fact that Batman Begins and Dark Knight have been 12A, despite the pencil scene and whatever, I think it should be good. Something I'm also looking forward to, quite a few of the screens near me are actually doing a special feature the night before Dark Knight releases showcasing back-to-back Batman Begins and Dark Knight. Interesting. All five hours. All five hours? <laughs> well, that's, if it's a Christopher Nolan movie, don't expect something short. No kidding. Yeah, we'll have to see what the rating actually gets because we'll have to actually see what's actually in the film. It's very... It's, I'll have to check what uh, the U.S. is actually giving. I think it's giving a PG-13 either either way. So don't forget to check out all of the shows on the network. I mean, you got all the live shows during the week. You've got Wrestling News Live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. All times are Eastern, excuse me. Um, you got the Pro Wrestling Rewind, which is every Wednesday at 9 p.m. you got the Open Book, which is going to be live next starting next Friday, July 6th, starting at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. And then you got all the podcasts. I mean, 
Actually, what podcasts are actually on this network? Oh, we've got Running the Ropes with Cully and Mav. We've got Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. We've got the Elite Force podcast with the Midweek with Chuck W. And the Weekend Edition with Walkie and Mindwipe. And then we've got me and Randy with the whole indie show as well. Okay, so there you go with that. And like I just said, we will be going live July 6th. 2012, we'll be going live at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Come check us out on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be in the chat room talking to everybody. We'll be taking phone calls that night. We've got a lot planned for that one show, for the basically the beginning show of the live segment. I mean, this is our last podcast, really. So, Ashley, anything you want to say on the last podcast before we take it out of here? Um... I'm going to make sure this comment isn't edited out because it has nothing to do with anything controversial. And I can't wait till we go live next week. Okay. Make sure his comment is not edited out. Okay. We'll just leave that there. Um, <laughs> thank you to everyone who's been listening to the show. We definitely appreciate your your ears for listening. We appreciate all the comments we've gotten about the show. I mean, we definitely want to hear what you have to say. Next week, we hope to see you all in the chat room. We hope to see all of you calling in. I mean, we definitely want to hear from you guys. We're making the show interactive. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what news you know of. We want to hear you talking about gaming. We want to, we want to hear you talking about fantasy efeds. We want to hear you talking about movies. We want to hear everything you basically got. So, tune in next week, July 6th, for our first live show at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. We will be there. We've got a lot planned, like I said, and we're definitely going to be enjoying it. So, we're going to take it out of here. We're going to take it out with the song. The song is called Say Goodbye by Theory of a Dead Man. And basically, doesn't really apply tonight. So, <laughs> take a listen. Enjoy, and we will catch you guys next week as we go live. Have a good night. Peace, love, hatred. Nothing really matters anymore. She said, don't leave this up to me to say that I don't love you anyway. Just leave it up to me. Say